and welcome to Princess in the Podcast. I'm your host, Hannah Sawyers, and I'm ready to talk Disney movies past and present. Once upon a time, Hannah and Megan sat down to talk about Sleeping Beauty. So I am excited to welcome another guest to the Princess in the Podcast family. This is Megan. Megan, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you know me. What's up, everyone? So, like she said, my name is Megan, and I know Hannah from working at the Baptist General Convention of Oklahoma, a mouthful. It's now known as Oklahoma Baptist. But anyway, we used to work together, and we would plan fun events and things, and now we're buddies. Yeah. Everyone who worked with me at my old job is stuck with me forever. <laughs> and we are part of what we call the Beach Bums. Beach Bums, yes. But half of us don't even work there anymore, so <laughs> That's there's funny. that. I that's feel funny. like we need to rebrand. Yeah, I think of that every time I try to find our little hashtags. That's how I keep okay, our group text. Okay, that's the thing that messes me up is the fact our group text has a hashtag at the beginning. Yeah, we're we so cool. We need to like eliminate that. Yeah, we're so cool so with our hashtag. Fine. Yes, anyway. I love it. What's going on in your life right now? So, after I worked for what we call the beach, I got the opportunity to go to grad school. So, I'm about to graduate in a few months with my master's. Oh, praise. Let's hope we get there. Um, but I am currently at Oklahoma State University. Go Pokes. Um, and I will graduate, like I said, in May with my master's. After that, who knows? We'll see. I don't know, but we'll find out. It's a whole new world out there. A whole new. Yep. Yep. Not the right Disney movie for this one, but... You know, I it will, applies. I will fit any puns I can in. <laughs> Actually, I guess that, is that a pun? Yeah, I think that would be eh, a reference. Eh, eh, whatever. It, it's Disney. It all yeah. goes together at yeah. some point. Um, do you want to share your social media with the podcast? Yes. So my social media, I try to keep my handle the same on everything. So please go follow me. I think I'm fun to follow. I could just be thinking that myself, but I think I'm fun to follow. So go follow me. It's at Meg Matter. That's M-E-G-M-E-A-D. R, a little shortened version of my last name, yes. but it's fun. So let's talk about your movie. Yes. What movie did you pick and why'd you pick it? So Hannah and I today are going to talk about Sleeping Beauty and I'm so excited. But sidebar, before I get into all the reasons why I love it, I found out that Hannah had not previously seen it. So I'm really excited that since I love the movie so much, we're going to get to impart a little wisdom and why I love it. And the reason I picked this movie, I honestly can't put my finger exactly on it, but growing up, this was the one that I always wanted to watch. Like, if of our plethora of VHS tapes, if I just had to plop one in one day just to watch it, it was always Sleeping Beauty. I don't know why, I just loved it. Because it's kind of got everything. It's got an epic villain, mm-hmm. it's got an awesome princess, it's got three spunky little fairies, you know? Like, it's just a good time. Yeah. So I really, I just really enjoy the movie. Um, and also, fun fact, I, when I was re-watching this to talk about the podcast, I was trying to think about all of, you know, just different childhood things. I have an Aurora Barbie that is still in, like, really good condition. She's in a tote at my house in Blackwell. But uh, I love her. And I also have a Maleficent, um, like, stuffed Kate. animal, stuffed oh. doll, I guess. And she's real cute. I'll talk about this later, but I love a good villain, so... It's part of the reason why I love this movie. But yeah, I just I just love it. It's a good time. So So I think the reason I've never seen this movie is I just assumed I had seen it. You know what yeah. I mean? It's just like one of those movies that you're like, oh yeah, I've seen Sleeping Beauty. Yeah. And then as I was watching it, I was like, I don't think I've seen any of this. And so that's been one of the really fun things about this podcast yeah. is there have been 
a small handful of movies that I hadn't seen prior to doing this. And so it's been really fun. For sure. To get to discover new movies or discover movies that I assumed I'd watched. Yeah. That I haven't. Which is really funny because, like, my logo is pink and blue. Yes. And you would think, like, from that I would, I would have been a fan of this movie. Like, it's like a subtle little reference to it. I thought about that on my way here about your logo. So... Give us... Oh, also, I should have mentioned this in the introduction. Megan was a consultant in designing our logo. Yes! So, she gets props for that. Yay! So, go yeah, ahead. Which, it's such a cute logo. And give us an overview. Yes! Sorry. So, Hannah asked me to do a storyline. And so, that was a lot of fun. So, I really like how the movie opens up. So, a lot of Disney stories are derived from um, the Brothers Grimm fairy tales. And so a few of the Disney movies that I can recall, they kind of open up where they're just opening up a book, you know, and they're taking you into the story. So I thought that was pretty neat, but it opens up and it tells you about how in this faraway land, King Stefan and his wife were about ready to welcome a baby and they named the baby Aurora. And so um, the movie kind of starts with, you know, everyone getting to come in and greet Aurora and see her and the three fairies, you know, flutter in and make their cute little entrance Um, And they are all asked to bestow a gift on Aurora. And so I wrote the gifts down. One, the first gift is the gift of beauty. And they talk about how she has golden hair and lips as red as the rose. And then they also give her, the next fairy gives her the gift of song. And then right before the third fairy is about to bestow her gift, oh, here she comes. It's Maleficent. And so Maleficent swoops in, makes a grand entrance, and kind of addresses everyone in her awesome villainy way. And she also bestows a gift on the baby Aurora. And so her gift is basically that... It's not even a gift. It's a curse. (laughs) It's a curse. And she curses Aurora and says that when she's 16, she's going to prick her finger on the spindle of a spinning wheel and die. Yeah. There's a big... Right there in the movie. But... And so that happens. Maleficent, you know, curses the baby. And then she makes her grand escape, which that's such a fun line. She's like, stand back, you fool. And then poof, she's gone. Yeah. Um, and so then the third fairy from earlier gets to bestow her gift. And she has to be careful about her gift because it could kind of affect, you know, what will happen. Um, and so she, um, she basically gives Aurora the gift that she's not going to die when she's cursed and when she pricks her finger on the spinning wheel. She's just going to go to sleep. And how she's going to be, you know, woken up from that sleep is from true love's kiss. And so after that, you know, the king um, has everyone burn all the spindles and the spinning wheels to try and protect Aurora. And the fairies come up with this plan that in order to keep the baby safe, they're going to take her into the forest. And they're going to pretend to not be fairies and have powers, but they're going to raise Aurora kind of as their own. And so um, the movie... Shows them going into the forest, and then it fast forwards about 16 or so years um, to around the time the curse is supposed to happen. And so, oh, I just love recapping this. I love it. Anyway, so they take her into the forest, it fast forwards 16 years, and of course she's gorgeous. Honestly, to me, she kind of reminded me of like Jessica Simpson. I don't know if you know who that is. Do you know who Jessica Simpson is? Yeah, I know who she Jessica Simpson is. She kind of had that look I... about her. I don't know what it was, but yesterday I was like, huh, it's like Jessica Simpson. Anyway. So interesting thought. I don't, that was just a thought that occurred to me yesterday. But so they take her into the 
woods and they raise her. And at this point, 16 years later, they're preparing for her 16th birthday, which is one of my favorite things ever. It's so fun. Um, so they kind of send Aurora out of the cottage. Um, and they're calling Rose Briar. They call her Briar Rose. Or Briar yeah. Rose, yeah. Um, and so they send Briar Rose slash Aurora out of the house so they can prepare for her birthday. And this, honestly, when I was thinking about why I love this movie so much, it's probably these couple of scenes because it's just so fun. Like, it's such a good time. So the three fairies who are pretending basically to not be fairies and they're not having their magical powers. They're trying to put together this party um, for Aurora and they're going to make her a beautiful dress and it all just kind of goes south. It's really, it's so, it's so bad. Um, they try to make her a cake and it just doesn't work out and then they try to make her a dress and it's just a catastrophe. And so um, they kind of pan away from that and then they show Aurora who's, you know, wandering around the woods being all princess-like, picking berries um, and while she's in the woods and singing to her little woodland creature friends about hoping to one day find a prince, she actually does meet a prince and it's Prince Philip. And so one thing I forgot to mention at the beginning of the movie, they, <laughs> so weird. it's so weird. They do bring in Prince Philip. At this point, he's like, I'd ah, say he's a solid five, six, maybe five eight ten. or nine. Like he's older yeah. and she's like a oh, baby. <laughs> and what I love is when he goes over and looks in her cradle, he kind of like gives us like smirk face, like, okay, that's my <laughs> beloved. Okay. Um, but so apparently they are set to be married one of these days. So that's why they bring Prince Philip in. Well, so when Aurora is out wandering in the enchanted forest, she bumps into Prince Philip and they, you know, have a little meet cute and they end up dancing around singing one of the sweetest songs in all of Disney history. And it's the, um, I don't want to sing it. I, I know you. I, I, um, I know you. I walked with you once upon a dream. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. So sweet. And they have a cute little moment. And then she realizes, ah, she's not supposed to be talking to strangers. Danger, stranger danger. danger. She didn't have her little pepper spray on her wallet <laughs> like the rest of us. So she kind of runs away um, and she invites him to her house later to come to a birthday party. And so they have their little moment. And so on her way back to the cottage, they go back to the story of the fairies and what the fairies are doing. And so since trying to make Aurora a cake and a dress was such a, a disaster, which... Well, I guess we can talk about one of our favorite quotes from that scene later. They decide to whip out their wands and bring back their magic in order to um, make her dress and make her cake. And so it's really cute. They have a little sing-songy Disney moment and the cake gets made, the dress gets made, the cottage gets cleaned up. Um, and so around this time, they, two of the fairies, I think it's Flora and Meriwether, who are just real spunky. I just love it. They're so spunky. They kind of get in a little tiff about what color the dress should be. So they're, you know, pink, blue, pink, blue. And so while they're fighting in the cottage, they don't realize that some of their magic dust is like escaping, kind of giving them away the fact that there's fairies in the forest. Well, so at the same time, there's a lot of storylines going on here. I don't know how my little brain kept up with it, but it did. At this same time, Maleficent, one of the greatest villains, lover, she's great. She's often her... I forget what they called it. Like the dark, the dark mountain, I think. Yeah. She's at her house and she's really upset because it's been 16 years and they haven't been able to find Aurora. And turns out this whole 16 years, all of her little henchmen have been looking for a baby. 
And so because she, she can't age. Yes. Yeah, exactly. And so she kind of realizes and she's like, a baby. And then she kind of throws a tantrum. Right. And so then she sends her little bird. Uh, Diablo. Is that his name? Diablo? Yeah. I didn't know that. She doesn't. I don't know that she ever actually calls him that. But I've always known that's his name, and then I double checked really? it when I looked it up for when we talked well, about the, characters. Yeah, later. they probably talked about it in the seek or in the remakes too. Yes. Okay, I didn't know that. Well, so she sends Diablo. Diablo, I guess. Or her, she calls him my pet. my pet. Yes. Um, she sends Diablo out, um, to find Aurora, and of course he sees the little pink and blue glitter fest going on in the forest that gives the fairies away, and he finds them. Um, and so that's kind of where everything gets kind of derailed. They end up telling, so flashback, we're going to go back to the fairies now with Aurora. Aurora comes home, sees her dress, sees her cake. She's so excited. And then they tell her, okay, Briar Rose, you're really not Briar Rose. You're Aurora. You're a princess. You are set to marry this other guy. And she's like, but wait, I fell in love in the forest today. What do you mean I can't marry this and guy? Like, How dare you? You're not supposed to talk to strangers. You're not, yeah. And so they kind of get on to her. And it's kind of sad. And then they take her back to the castle to kind of return her to her family. And of course, there's a big celebration going on at the castle waiting for Aurora's return. And so they take her back there to just return her to her former life. And in the meantime, here comes old Prince Philip on his horse um, after going to talk to his dad and telling him, hey, I found someone else that I love. And of course, his dad got upset with him. But Prince Philip leaves to come to Aurora's house in the woods. And instead of finding Aurora and the fairies there, he finds Maleficent. And And Maleficent takes him captive and um, takes him back to her dark mountain. In the meantime, there's a lot of in the meantime in the story. Mm, there's a lot of overlapping timelines. Yeah. Um, so in the meantime, now we're back at the castle where Aurora is at. And they're preparing her in her new dress to go greet everyone. Um, and they leave her in her room alone to cry for a second. Because, you know, we all need a good cry every once in a while. And especially Aurora, who just kind of got in trouble for falling in love with someone else. Um, and so while she's by herself, Maleficent, kind of like... I don't know, like this haunting type little moment. They lure her like up into like some tower at the castle. I know, which is real weird. It's so weird. And her face that whole time is just like so like stoic and entranced. It's so weird. Um, But they lead her away and she pricks her finger on a spinning wheel that Maleficent created out of thin air. And she falls asleep slash dies, but falls asleep, you know. And so then the fairies, they're all really upset, but they get ready to save the day. So they decide who can save her. Prince Philip. Where's Prince Philip? He's at the Dark Mountain. And so they go out there to save him and they end up successfully getting him away from Maleficent. But when they're headed back to the castle, Maleficent takes on the form of this big old dragon. And she puts up this like thorny forest around the castle so he can't get to it. And in the meantime, everyone who was at the castle for the celebration, the fairies sprinkled some fairy dust and they all kind of went to sleep for a second just to kind of like no pause time. Yeah, no big deal. No big deal. Um, and so, of course, Prince Philip, being the cutie hero that he is, ends up fighting through the thorn forest and slaying the dragon. And then he goes up to the tower where Sleeping Beauty is asleep and he kisses her and she wakes up and it's a happy ending and everyone else wakes up. 
and they have a big celebration and I assume they get married. That's what the end of it is. And the movie finishes with the fairies still quarreling over whether the dress should be pink or blue. That's Sleeping Beauty in a yeah. nutshell. That's my really Spark good. Notes version of it. That was really good. What did you forget before you watched it again? I, honestly, I've seen it so many times. I don't think I really forgot anything. But it's kind of like one of those things of since I knew I was going to be talking about it. I was really trying looking. to look for details and like memorize certain little funny quotes that I wrote down. Um, but I didn't really forget anything. I was just reminded of everything okay. in a way. Yeah. And so, just some, like, other thoughts on it. This movie has some of my favorite Disney music in it. It's just so, like, old-timey and classic. And relaxing. Um, and relaxing, yes. Like, I just feel like I could just fall asleep to Once Upon a Dream. Yes. Oh, it's so sweet. That's one of the best Disney songs ever. Which, that's really the only song in the movie. Well, but there's music. There's music and there's singing, but like the only legitimate like song is Once Upon a Dream. But I did notice that once the movie started was like they kind of sing. It's like this choir kind of to like kind of bring you into the story. And I really love that. It's just such good music. So I didn't really have a lot of thoughts about it because I, I, like I said before, I don't think I've seen it. And I think it was just one that I always assumed that I'd seen and I didn't love. Because if I had seen it, I would have loved it. You know yeah. what I mean? And so, yeah. So no no real big thoughts from me on the storyline. Um, I definitely love the classic, you know, like, this is what's going to happen. Yes. And they're going to try and protect her from that happening. Mm-hmm. And then it's going to happen anyway because that's fate. Yes. And so I did, I did have this thought. <laughs> And it's kind of weird. But, like, I had two biblical reference thoughts. So, like, when Maleficent sends Diablo out to look for the (laughs) baby, it made me think of Noah sending the bird out to, like, look for dry land or whatever. And then also, like, the scene of this burning of the spindle wheels, for whatever reason, like, made me go, oh, my gosh, it's like... When the Prince of Egypt killed all the babies. I don't know how I got there. But, like, I don't know. I'm weird. I can kind of see it. Like, it was just, I don't know. It was just, like, those were the thoughts that kind of were jogged in my memory as as I went. So, those are my thoughts on the storyline. Huh. Wow. Okay. I can see, I can see how you got there. It's a stretch. It's a stretch. I mean, he didn't do it in an evil way. Like, yeah. When the babies were killed. He did it in order to protect her. But I can see how you got there. Yeah. yeah. One other thought I had was what happened to Queen Leah? Because, you know, once they come back 16 years later, it's just the two kings just chilling together. And She's in the final scene. Is because she in she the cries. last one? She okay. tears up okay. when she hugs her daughter. Okay. So I know she's there. I probably just missed yeah. that. Yeah. She just, I don't think she really, I think she only speaks like one time in the whole. I was like, is this just another Disney movie where she just died in the meantime? It's <laughs> Man, fine. I don't know. But she, I know she is in the final because okay. they hug okay. after they come down the stairs. Like she runs over to her parents and like you can see her mom sheds a tear. It's really cute. Yeah. But yeah, I, I don't really have any other thoughts. I think it's pretty self-explanatory. But my thought yesterday was I just love the music. Yeah. But what should we talk about next? We are going to talk about characters next. Yes. There's some so, great characters. Here's a quick list. There's Princess Aurora, Prince Philip, Maleficent, 
Diablo, Diablo, Flora, Fauna, and Merryweather, King Stephen, and Queen Le- Queen Leah, who are Aurora's parents, and then King Hubert, who is Prince Philip's dad. Mm-hmm. Which we don't know what happened to his mom. She's probably dead. Yeah, I'm probably really insensitive. I should probably not just say it like that. It's like, fine. It's it's. Fine. I did have another thought after you talked about King Hubert, and this was something that kind of went over my head when I was little. But the scene where it's the two dads singing and their little jester guy. Yeah, he's it, just over there just drinking away. <laughs> like I did, it just went over my head when I was little, and he yeah. full on passes out under yeah. the table. Yeah, and I was watching it. Disclosure, this was the second movie I watched when I got Disney Plus. Because I, I just love it. It's one of my favorites. And I was watching it. 24-year-old me was like, oh my gosh, this is a kid's movie. Yeah. And that's in the movie. And it just, it made me laugh because it went right over my head. What I thought was interesting about the court jester thing or whatever you want to call him. Uh, at first, like, he drank a sip of the wine before they took it. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, he's like a wine taster. Or like yeah, the, like the cup. What are they calling? Like cup the cup bear. Yeah. yeah. And so, but then he continued. And like, you're <laughs> yeah. not supposed to do that. Yeah. It's, that was just a thought. When you said King Hubert, I thought of that. But yes, the characters. Oh my gosh. The first thing I wrote under characters is the fairies! Exclamation point. They're just so spunky and fun. And I love it. And they're always kind of like quarreling with each other. Um, at least Flora and Meriwether are. And then you have Fauna, who's just real sweet and who's just trying to kind of keep the peace in a way. But they're just so fun. I love the fairies. But also, after the fairies, I wrote Maleficent. Like I said earlier, I love a good villain. Love a good villain. And Maleficent is just one of, like, the pinnacle Disney villains. Um, So I just, I love Maleficent. She's so fun. Um, And I guess we'll talk a little more about kind of the Maleficent remakes later. Yes. Which kind of just make you love her even more. Um, But I love Maleficent. She's awesome. And also, you can't not love Aurora and Philip. Yeah. They're so sweet. Yeah. Philip is so, he's just a valiant, you know, I feel like prince. everyone focuses on Snow White as like the classic Disney princess, you know, like her and Cinderella. Because she was the first. Yeah. yeah. And then Cinderella is just like. Cinderella. Because this the castle, you yeah. know. And I just feel like Aurora is underrated. I think so. Like, I... I really feel that way. Even though it is a classic, and, I mean, she's definitely one of the classic princesses that you see portrayed anytime you see, like, all of them, but I feel like, and I wonder if that's part of why, like, I've never seen this movie, is that she is the underrated princess. She really is. She's like the stepchild. Oh, she really is, though. And I think, I started to tell Hannah before we started recording, I... I want to say I read somewhere that when this was in theaters, this was like the second. So I think Snow White was first, which I could be wrong, but Snow White was first and it was a big success. And so then they did Sleeping Beauty and Sleeping Beauty, for whatever reason, just wasn't as big of a success. And they really didn't start bringing it back out of the vault until much later. Um, And I want to say she's kind of regained a little... I don't know, a little princess power, if you will, with the remakes lately of Maleficent and things like that. But I definitely agree that she's kind of underrated. And so maybe it's just because the movie didn't have as big of a start as all of the other movies have. So 
It was Snow White 1937, then Cinderella in 1950, and then Aurora was in 1959. And then they didn't get the Little Mermaid until 1989. Yes. So the okay. princesses are super spread out. Mm-hmm. Um, but the time lapse between Cinderella and Aurora is the smallest. Like 37 to 50, then nine years between Cinderella and Aurora, and then there's 30 years between Aurora yes. and the Little Mermaid. Yes. So and I, I wonder if it being a flop made them go, mm, we're not going to make another Disney That's what I read. Movie. That's what I read somewhere. And so that's probably why she's a little underrated because I feel like people kind of forgot about her. And then it was all about Ariel for a long time. And then Pixar got really big. And then, you know, there was the Lion King and other things. And so I think Aurora kind of slipped through the cracks a little bit. Um, so I definitely agree with you that she's kind of one of the more underrated ones. But, oh, man. Not for me. I've just always grown up loving her and Prince Philip. Prince Philip's one of my favorite princes, I would say. So, uh, just for me doing a quick search on yeah. Google, it, um, Tell it us says Google. that in terms of a box office growth, Sleeping Beauty was not a failure. It earned nearly $6 million, which is like a nothing ton. now. Yeah. Back then, though, it was Yeah, and was huge. among the top 10 highest grossing films of 1959. However, they lost an estimated $1 million on marketing expenses, and the film didn't turn a profit until its first re-release in 1970. Um, It was the most expensive Disney film up to that point, and over twice as expensive as each of the preceding three animated features, which were Alice in Wonderland, Peter Pan, and Lady and the Tramp. Wow. So, it, like, but there are several um, articles below this that, do cite it as a flop so maybe it was just really successful in that year but maybe that year just wasn't a great year for movies Pro- i mean i would assume 59 so. i don't know i don't know i'm bad at history no it's fine so i don't know what was <laughs> happening in america yeah to know, like i mean maybe, it, like, it was i feel like the movies it was a prosperous time i feel like that was you know during kennedy and oh yeah the race to the moon and all these other things oh um, that's the thing they were at home watching tv yeah, that's true. I don't know if that's actually. I the think case. that is true. Some of my mass com history knowledge go in there. As I want to say, like once TVs were a thing, you're right. Like it wasn't a big deal for people to go to the movies anymore because they essentially had it at their house. That's a really good. That probably was a big contributor to why she mm-hmm. wasn't as successful as the others. Yeah. Wow, we're learning a lot today. So, yeah, a lot of research happening here on Princess and the Podcast today. Um, so, I also said I love the fairies. I said they just want to protect Aurora. I know. And they, but I love how flustered they get. That's the word <laughs> yes. I would use. Uh-huh. You said, like, scurrying, and I was like, yeah, that's a good word, too. But I feel like fluster, like, really encapsulates them mm-hmm. because they're so, like, like, what, yes. what do I need to yeah. do next? Like, which, and Should I, I use my yeah. magic powers? Should I not? Which, like, I just had another thought. So, you've seen Frozen 2, yeah. I assume. And you know how everyone, with the Frozen movies, it's such a big deal that the person who saved the day, it wasn't a prince. No. It was, it was Elsa. Yeah. And then, in this most recent one, it was Anna. Right. And so... Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. <laughs> if you haven't seen it by now, though, you yeah. need to go see it. because this episode's gonna take a second to come out yeah um but 
essentially in this movie, if it wouldn't have been for the fairies. Oh yeah, it'd be game over. It'd be game over. They're the ones who rescued the prince. And they're the ones that um They were taken gave down the thorns. They gave him the shield and the sword. Yeah. If it weren't for them, they were protecting their homegirl. Well, but, and then, like, what I was saying when I said out, I mean, like, they, like, adjusted the curse. Yes. You know what too. I mean? Mm-hmm. Like. So from the beginning of the movie, even. They were saving the day. Yes. Oh, I just love them. Yeah. They're so fun. So, as far as, like, characters that they make me think of. I wrote down that Maleficent is definitely what I would call the ultimate villain. She is used in so many storylines in the Disney franchise as, like, the worst of all. Mm -hmm. Um, There's Fantasmic at Disney World where she is, like, the ultimate villain in that show. Um, I used to read a book series called The Kingdom Keepers, and it was, like, this whole thing, but they were working to defeat Maleficent at Disney World. It's such a good series. Highly recommend. And then also... In the latest, um, what are they called? The movies, Descendants. The mo- Descendants movies. Oh, yeah. Um, like, Mal is, like, one of the big characters, and she's Maleficent's daughter. Yeah. And so, I feel like, as much as I love Cruella, and Cruella will always be my favorite villain, I think <laughs> Maleficent is, like, the queen of all villains. I think so. I would almost call her the king of all villains because yeah. I think she is top dog 100%. Over all of them. Yeah. Which I, you love Cruella. So the oh, reason gosh. I love a good villain, this is a sidebar, a separate Disney movie, but I had the opportunity to play Ursula in A Little Mermaid when I was in high school and it was epic. It was so fun. Yeah. I looked fierce. I'll show you a picture. But, oh man, it was so fun. And so I have mad respect for Ursula. Yeah. Because she's sassy too. And yeah. she got what she wanted. And I think what kind of sets like Maleficent and Ursula apart is that they do have like the magic factor. Yeah. Like Corella didn't have that. No. Um, Scar in The Lion King didn't have yeah. that. A lot of these villains. So which one is better? Because they don't have magic and they're super evil. You know what I mean? Like, Cruella was, like, able to facilitate all the buying and the stealing of the puppies. So she had money. That's the difference, maybe. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. But I I think they're all epic. But I think from, like, a Disney lover standpoint, I think that's why we love Maleficent and Ursula so much is because they have that extra added otherworldly quality. Yeah. Of the magic. So, it's so fun. So, she also reminds me of the Wicked Witch of the West. Yes! Like, the cadence with which um, she speaks, as well as her laugh. (laughs) It just really makes me Uh think of the Wicked Witch of the West. And then also, when she's, like, addressing her henchmen, I feel like it's the Wicked Witch talking to her flying monkeys. That scene just looks like it to me. Yes. Which... Which, I guess, technically, it would be the Wicked Witch is, like, Maleficent. Maleficent, because this was out before The Wizard of Oz? I don't know. I don't think so. Uh, I don't think so. I want to say The Wizard of Oz was one of the first motion pictures. You're right. Period. 1939 was when yes. The Wizard of Oz came out. So, oh. so then Maleficent is like the Wicked Witch of the West. Yes. Which I remind me to talk more on that when we talk about the remake. Okay. Because I have a lot of thoughts on that. Okay. Um, and then the last one that I, I had kind of like I saw similarities to was Samson, who's Prince Philip's yes. horse. He reminds me of Maximus Entangled. 
Um, just kind of the way he's like, I'm going to do things kind of my way. Yeah. And then obviously it's a white <laughs> horse. Yeah. A white royal horse. So, mm-hmm. I mean, that's just going to be. Well, and I think Samson and Maximus, why they're so lovable is because they're almost like just another person. Yeah. And the way that they interact with um, their counterparts, you know, they're real sassy too. There's just a lot of sass in this movie. Yeah. And I love it. Quotes. Which you and I wrote down one of the same quotes. And it's so funny. So, do you want to share your favorite quote? Yes. So, I feel like this has been a recurring theme throughout talking about this, but just love the fairies. They have some really sassy, funny little one-liners. And I wrote down a few of them. Here's just for instance of Meriwether. Um, And she's, like, when she's getting all scrunched up and angry after Maleficent cursed Aurora, she said, I'd like to turn her into big, fat old toad like and she's just real upset about it and she gets all spunky and then i think this is the one that we both wrote down but when they're making the dress so it's flora that's making the dress yes and she's <laughs> she i think she really does call Meriwether. she's like you're gonna be the dummy like and other insinuations are made there um but so she's using Meriwether as her dummy and Meriwether is getting this dress made on her, and it's just, it looks so bad. It's, it's not, not good. And one of my favorite parts is she, Flora, cuts a giant hole <laughs> into the middle. The, She's like, well, it needs a bottom. It needs a hole at the bottom for the, for feet, the feet to go. To go. <laughs> yeah. And so Meriwether, while she's making this dress, while, or while she's watching Flora make this dress, she says, it looks awful. And Flora responds and says, that's because it's on you, dear. <laughs> so oh, good. So good. Like, we're like, oh, they have these such sweet hearts. And then they are kind of horrible to one another. To other. each other. They are so spunky. Like, insane. But that, I think you and I both wrote that one down. So, so yeah. good. It was so funny. Um, One of my other favorites was um Philip. When they're talking about being betrothed, Philip is talking to his dad about being betrothed to Aurora and how he's, like, fallen in love with another girl. And he goes, Father, it's the 14th century. Yes, yes. We do not do this whole betrothed thing anymore. It's the 14th century. And so I thought that was really funny. Yes. Um, The dark ages. Is there a quote from this movie that you use frequently? I don't think so. I mean... I would definitely say the most iconic quote from this movie is make it pink, make it blue. Yes. Um, I've seen lots of merch created that says make it pink, make it blue. I just feel like I never really understood, and I I know I didn't, I know I didn't understand the, like, tie-in, and I just always thought they wanted something to be pink and blue. And so I don't know why I've never watched this movie. (laughs) Makes me so mad. Um, from here, let's talk about sequels. Yes! So there's really not a sequel as no. much as a remake. So we're going to fast forward past the sequel to remake. Was there I a forgot. sequel? I don't think there was. There was not a sequel. Okay. So we're going to go straight to remake because I realized I was focusing on the wrong part of my outline. Yes. So um, I would like to talk real quick about the original story. Yes. Do you know much about it? The Brothers Grimm version? Yes. All I know is that Disney has made everything Brothers Grimm a lot more happy. <laughs> and so I don't remember... And I've seen Into the Woods, which is like a basically giant telling of all the Brothers Grimm. But I can't remember what happens to Sleeping Beauty, so please tell me. So, let me pull it up. 
Um, so it's pretty accurate, actually. Um, so, like, a frog comes out and tells the queen that she's going to have the baby. Um, then the queen had a little girl who was so pretty that the king could not contain himself for joy, and he ordered a great feast. He invited not only his kindred friends and acquaintances, but also the wise women, in order that they may be kind and well disposed towards the child. There were 13 of them in his kingdom, but as he only had 12 golden plates to eat, for them to eat out of, um, one of them had to, like, not be invited. So the feast was held, um, and each of the women at the end bestowed their gifts, very similar to how the fairies did. Um, one gave virtue, one gave beauty, a third riches, and so on, um, with everything in the world that one could wish for. Then, once the eleven of them had made their promises, suddenly the thirteenth came in. Ooh. Evil number thirteen. So she wanted to avenge herself just like Maleficent did mm -hmm. for not being invited. And she um, cursed her that in her fifteenth year she would prick herself with a spindle and fall down dead. And without saying a word more, she turned around and left the room. Um, they were all shocked. The twelfth, whose good wish still remained unspoken, came forward and, while she could not undo the evil sentence, but only soften it, she said, she, it shall not be death, but a deep sleep of a hundred years. So then the king um, wanted to save his daughter, and so he said every spindle should be burnt. So, like, these are very similar. Yeah. So then it happened on the day when she was 15 years old, the king and queen were not at home, and the maiden was left in the palace quite alone. So she went round into all sorts of places, looked into rooms, bedchambers, and just as she liked. And at last she came to an old tower, which is very similar to the movie-ish. She came up the narrow winding staircase and reached a little door. A rusty key was in the lock, and when she turned it, the door sprang open. And there in a little room sat an old woman with a spindle busily spinning her flax. Good day, old mother said the king's daughter. What are you doing here? And she said, I'm spinning. What sort of thing is that that rattles around, said the girl, and she took the spindle and wanted to spin too. But scarcely had she touched the spindle when the magic decree was fulfilled and she pricked her finger. So in that moment when she felt the prick, she fell down on the bed that stood there. Just happened to be there, you know. It's fine. <laughs> Convenient. <laughs> and lay in a deep sleep. Um, the sleep was extended over the whole palace the king and queen, who had just come home and entered the great hall, began to go to sleep and the whole court with them. Um, even the horses fell asleep. The wind fell, and on the trees before the castle, not a leaf moved again. Sorry, I didn't really intend to read this whole thing. No, I'm but intrigued. Also, it's not copyrighted anymore, so I feel like we're good to read the whole thing. Because <laughs> hashtag old, old things. Um... Then thorns began to grow around the castle, which became higher and higher every year, and at last grew close up around the castle and over it, so there was nothing of it to be seen, not even the flag. Um, but the story of the beautiful sleeping Briar Rose, for so the princess was named, went about the country so that, that from time to time king's sons came and tried to get through the hedge, but, when they, found it but they found it impossible and gave up. After long, long years, a king's son came again to that country and heard an old man talking about the thorn hedge and that a castle was to stand behind it, in which was a beautiful princess. 
named Briar Rose, and she had already been asleep for a hundred years, and the king and queen and whole court were asleep likewise. He had heard, too, from his grandfather that many kings and sons had already come and tried, but they'd failed, and some of them had died. So I guess that's the grim part of it, because this is really not that bad. Then the youth said, I am not afraid. I will go and see the beautiful Briar Rose. The old man might dissuade him as he would, did not listen to his word. But at the time, hundred years had passed, and the day had come when Briar Rose was to awake again. When the king's son came near to the thorn hedge, it was nothing but large and beautiful flowers, which parted from one another each of their own accord, and let him pass unhurt. So really, he just happened to be there at the right place at the right time. <laughs> yeah. So he went on farther, and in the great hall, he saw the whole court lying asleep, and up by the throne lay the king and queen. Then he went on further. He found Briar Rose. She lay so beautifully that he could not turn away. He stooped down and gave her a kiss. But as soon as he kissed her, Briar Rose opened her eyes and awoke and looked at him again quite sweetly. Then they went together, and the king awoke, and the queen and the whole court looked at each other in astonishment. The horses stood up and shook themselves, and everyone was awake. And then the marriage of the king's son with Briar Rose was celebrated with all splendor, and they lived contented to the end of their days. So this is the Grimm Brothers version of the fairy tale. Yeah, just a little tweak. It's not really that dark. It's pretty. Normally, they're pretty dark. And and normally, things are changed more, I feel like, in a Disney version. And really, I feel like it was pretty on brand. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Huh. I never, I couldn't remember what the Brothers Grimm one was, but it really does seem really similar. Yeah. But for me, the kind of, I don't know, spinoff, I guess. Or remake. Remake. Point of view change. That I obviously was just thinking about is Maleficent. Angelina Jolie as Maleficent. I love, I haven't seen the second one. I haven't either. But I loved the first one. I did too. And... I kind of feel, so you talked earlier about how it kind of ties into The Wizard of Oz in a way. So it does tie into The Wizard of Oz, in my opinion, but the remake ties into Wicked. Which ha- Because in The Wizard of Oz, you know, there's the Wicked Witch of the West, and mm-hmm. she's just evil. And yeah. in Wicked, they kind of show the whole, okay, is she really evil, or did people just make her look bad? Did she just happen to be in the wrong the place? The wrong place at, at the, the wrong, wrong time. time. Yeah. Caring about things that other people didn't care about. So that's what I love about the first one. Is because, like I said earlier, I love a good villain. So give me the backstory. And so in the, I guess, telling of Maleficent, they kind of show how King Stephen was kind of mean to her. Basically took her wings away. Like, Mm -hmm. was just terrible to her. And so um, it's really just this whole thing. If he made her look bad to make himself look better... And so everyone feared her. When in reality, she was just, you know, a fairy. Like all the other fairies who just happened to be, like you said, wrong place at wrong time. And what I love, what I love is that she kind of looked after Aurora and made sure she was okay Mm -hmm. in that movie. Um, And then her true love's kiss that woke her up was actually like... I think Maleficent just like gave her a kiss on the forehead because she loved her. Mm-hmm. And but now Prince Philip gets all the credit for saving the day. And so I haven't seen the second one. And from what I have seen in trailers, it kind of looks like they make her really evil again. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of don't want to watch it because I kind of don't want that to be taken away because I love the first one so much. But I do love that they um, kind of go 
a little more into her story since she is such this epic, epic villain. But We'll talk just about our favorite moments. What's your favorite moment? I love... Um, Maleficent's entrances, like her very first entrance. Yeah, it's like her stay. It's so powerful and I love it. Um, and then, like I said earlier, <laughs> I just love the dress and the cake making scene. It's so funny. Like, they're just so spunky. That's just the word I keep using for them. They're spunky and yeah. they're fun. Um, so I love those, those scenes. I would definitely pick the cake making, dress making, cleaning scene as yes. well because it. It really, to me, is the most iconic Disney moment in there. It is a very Disney moment. And one thing we haven't really talked about is that Disney, Walt Disney, did you notice in the credits, he was listed as a background artist. No. So I thought that was really interesting because I'm watching it and all of a sudden I see his name as an artist. And so I thought that was really interesting as well. Um, But it felt kind of um, fantasia which yeah. obviously Fantasia was after, but you know how the things all move and do their own mm-hmm. thing. And so that's what it kind of made me think of. And that's why it was my favorite. It was very, it was a very Disney moment. Yeah. So I just loved it. Final thoughts, anything we didn't cover? I think we covered everything, everything there is to cover. Like you, I don't know if we've mentioned this on here, but it is a really short movie. Yeah. I actually have that down in my final yeah. thoughts. And so they kind of just pack a whole lot in. Like, and like we were talking about the storyline, there's a lot going on at one time. Yeah. Like I want to say, it seemed like Aurora was only asleep for like five minutes yeah. before Prince Philip woke her up. Yeah. Um, and so it's a really jam-packed movie, but it's so fun. And my final thoughts would be, if you are like Hannah and maybe you haven't seen it yet, definitely sit down and watch it because yeah. it is so, it's so sweet. It's iconic Disney to me. And it's quick. It's quick. So I wrote down, um, just because I thought this was really interesting, According to the Huntington Library, who currently holds the book, the book in the opening sequence, it cost $1,500 to create. Even though it was expensive to produce, it wasn't meant to last because, you know, it's a stage prop. Yeah. So it was recently restored, and that process was documented in a video that I'll post in the show notes, and I'll also post on uh, social media. And so I just think it's really cool. I really love how Disney has kind of made themselves kind of essentially a a Library of Congress. Yeah. Like they have their own archives and they really mm. do keep all these really cool things that as fans were like, oh my gosh, that's so yeah. cool. Mm. And so I thought that was really interesting. And then I also said, like you said, it's only an hour and 15 minutes. I yeah. mean, it's the length of a lot of... of those miniseries on TV now. Yeah. You know, you just mm-hmm. sit down and watch it, and it's really chill. And it's got so many great Disney things. It's got some iconic fairies that are just really spunky and will make you laugh. It's got one of the most iconic villains ever. And then in it's all got, of Disney. In all true. of Disney. It's also got a really great love story with Aurora and Philip. It's really, really sweet. So, so thank you so much for being on. Yes, of You're course. awesome. It's been so much fun. I'm so glad you joined us for this week's Princess in the Podcast. Make sure to visit us on Facebook and Instagram at Princess in the Podcast and on Twitter and TikTok at Princess in the Pod. Make sure to visit our website.